Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time for this week's Sports Law Segment. Brought to you by Hale, Hale, and Jacobson. Find them online at HHJLegal.com. That's HHJLegal.com. Richard Hills, our sports law expert, Hale Hale and Jacobson, is the firm online at hhjlegal.com. Richard, good morning. How are you, sir? Doing well, Mark. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Let's dive in a couple of interesting stories. Uh, we talked about the incident at Georgia, the auto accident that led to um, uh, the loss of life, uh, and now we've got a staffer at Georgia uh, that has been fired by Georgia. She is suing the school. Uh, I guess she refused to cooperate with their investigation Um what do we see legally here with this situation of this now former Georgia staffer? Yeah, so just to clarify, this lawsuit was previously filed by this individual against the university for injuries that she sustained in the accident that night. And I've talked at length about what went on um, during that recruiting, I guess, after party, uh, after the national championship game and, and all the fallout that's resulted. So she had filed a lawsuit for injuries she sustained. Uh, she was an university employee, and so they sought her personal cell phone records. Not only was there an NCAA investigation going on, but the University of Georgia was doing its own investigation into the events of that night. Uh, according to the University of Georgia, she refused to cooperate, refused to turn over her cell phone, um, and they felt this was something that uh, was um, certainly being negligent of her her job duties and responsibilities under the terms of her contract with the university. And so uh, she was terminated. I I know at first blush it looks like retaliation for the lawsuit, and and I guess if I were her attorney, that's probably how I would be painting that as well. Uh, But there are more facts here, one of those facts being that it appears she was rather uncooperative with the university who was seeking additional information from her now whether or not the um, obligation to turn over those records as part of her employment contract remains to be seen. That's obviously something that we're not privy to, but I think as the story unfolds, we'll find out a little more about that. Um, Let's jump, if we can, to UFC for a second. For years, there's been this perception that Dana White runs UFC. Fighters are not paid. Their uh, benefits are not great, and he's got sort of a a monopoly here. And there's been attempts by some to go after uh, a UFC and hasn't gone anywhere, but now we got an antitrust suit um, that does get class certification. Um, how unique or uh, is this with uh, this move? Yeah, definitely an interesting turn of events. We've known that this decision was in the works for quite a while, uh, but opening it up to a class obviously potentially increases the exposure to the UFC. This was an antitrust type of suit where the allegations were that Dana Whitehead um, you know, forced his way into creating a, a bit of a monopoly by undermining or simply outperforming other um, mixed martial art type events. And so uh, the the fact that the judge has now gone one step further to, to certify this as a class opening up 
the um, the opportunity to many more um, former MMA fighters, current MMA fighters, to become part of the class, uh, and then you know join in this lawsuit. Obviously, create some additional exposure. The problem here, as I see it, is this decision in my mind is is likely going to be appealed. That appeal is probably going to derail this case for quite some more time. Uh, and so whether or not the parties will, during that time frame, be able to come to some type of understanding, some type of resolution, remains to be seen. But the timetable for this seems like it's going to be stretched out for a while. We have talked in college sports about name, image, and likeness and still trying to figure out what that may be. And there's a clear difference of pay-for-play versus uh, NIL for athletes. But Jack Nicholas in an NIL deal actually has some bite, no pun on Golden Bear. But uh, this story is really interesting about Jack Nicholas. He, he he lost here regarding his name, image, and likeness, did he not? He did, and, and certainly it is a, a temporary setback. Um, uh, explain a little bit what's going on here. So intellectual property is exactly that. It, it is property, and Jack Nicholas sold off. Um, his name, image, and likeness to to a different uh, corporation, if you will, uh, and and that entity has proceeded to um, engage in um, you know golf court design, golf court management, um, uh, product uh, distribution, product placement, uh, all with the Nicholas design, the Nicholas logo, uh, and this particular suit was an effort to uh, try to make some inroads into that sale and for Nicholas to still maintain uh, some of his intellectual property rights. And so, um, by way of background, there was already a lawsuit pending in in the state of New York and in, in the federal district there. And, and so what the Florida court found, in this case, this case that, that we're talking about now was filed in the Florida court, um, recognized what's called the Princess Leda uh, doctrine, not to be confused with uh, Princess Leia of Star Wars <laughs> fame, um, the Princess Leia doctrine, which basically says if if property is already the subject of a lawsuit, then another lawsuit that's basically fighting over the same property should not exist. So what the Florida court did was basically say, hey, we're going to dismiss this because we know that this property that we're talking about, even though it's intellectual property, this lawsuit is already pending in the state of New York. And so certainly a temporary setback um, for for the Nicholas camp and, and its quest to try to uh, operate within the, the confines or the constructs of this deal that they struck. So where do I see this going? I more likely than not, the parties sit down at this point and, and probably come to some settlement terms um, with the pending litigation that's going on in, in the state of New York case and see where that ends up. I think a settlement probably is in the works. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens. I don't know how much you read of the and the last story today, uh, the ESPN, Barstool, uh, Pen Gaming, the unique transaction, I would imagine it's probably a fascinating uh, set of documents to go through. Was anything that kind of caught your attention? And what is a unique deal, apparently, is Portnoy gets his company back for a dollar after Penn, I guess, bought a percentage of over $500 million. Uh, There's some restrictions. He can't open a sports book. He can't take advertisement in that category. But it was an interesting deal. Yeah, definitely for those uh, who follow Dave Portnoy and have kind of uh – uh, chronicled the rise, and, uh, rise of barstool sports, and as it's become almost part of the nomenclature now, you, you've got 
uh, a deal here that I, I think certainly seems to benefit both sides. Portnoy gets control of his company back, gets to run the company how he sees fit. The problem here, right, was you know, Barstool itself and what it is it really just doesn't jive with all of the regulatory requirements that Penn Gaming was facing. And so you saw throughout um, the evolution of the partnership some ways that you know Barstool and Penn just couldn't uh, coexist in a way that was going to be mutually beneficial for both parties, and, and by mutually beneficial, I mean profitable, right? There were, uh, you know, there were opportunities that Penn had to pass on um, because of its relationship with Barstool. Barstool wasn't able to evolve into because it was facing these regulatory requirements and lawsuits that it would uh, garner and things like that. So. You know, really, I think this was a deal that kind of gave both parties what it was looking for. Number one, Penn gets freed up to enter into its partnership with ESPN. We've long known ESPN wanted to be in the gaming world, wanted to be in the gambling world, and, and this is a great way to do it. Penn Gaming's in 16 states, so certainly it's an immediate impact. Gives ESPN the platform that it's looking for. Um, did Barstool, at, at, you know, take... Uh, a bit of a haircut and maybe just what they want to end up doing, probably limiting uh, its ability to operate sports books, things like that, maybe. But I don't think we're going to miss out on a ton of the Barstool content that everybody's kind of grown to to love, hate, whatever whatever it is, however you feel about it. I don't think they're going to miss out on, on their ability to create content which I think at the heart of its company is what it truly inspires to do. So maybe a win-win for everybody here. Uh, I think you know a lot of uh, gamblers, bettors probably are going to benefit from the ESPN platform now being a part of it. You're going to get a ton of information. Uh, you need access to some of the ESPN talent. And, and I, I think what I'm curious about too, Mark, and I, I think you talked about this before, um, you know, where does this put Disney, obviously, Disney being the owner of ESPN, where does this put Disney? Um, you know, it's certainly important here in our state. Where does it put them on this kind of um, global platform regarding gaming and, and gambling and the, the rise of that? Um, what does this say for that company and where they're headed? Uh, do we see, in, you know, in the future a potential for some type of, of uh, a merger with a, a bigger brand or something like that now that they have a, a footprint in the gambling world. I, I think it'll be really interesting to see, especially for those of us who live in the state. Yeah, Mickey's holding a pot and kettle um, uh, <laughs> at some point on the horizon here. Thanks, Richard. Have a great week, and I appreciate it, man. Take care, Mark. Uh, that's Richard Hill, our sports law segment. Mike O'Donnell talks some basketball next. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.